This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Strangers and Aliens, episode 162, our top 10 favorite animated superhero shows. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. (laughs) To boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. I am your father's best friend's plumber. Superman. Wonder Woman. Heroes. Villains. Captain Picard versus Captain Kirk. Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did was that he created something, so we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Strangers and Aliens Podcast, a podcast about sci-fi, fantasy, Christianity, creativity, uh, spirituality, all that good stuff. I'm Ben, Ben Avery. I'm one of three hosts today, although I'm also really only one of two regular hosts. We have a guest with us. So I've been joined by my friend and yours, Steve McDonald. Hi, everybody. And we are here to talk about the top 10 greatest superhero cartoons in our opinions and in our list. And we have been joined by a guest, and that is Evan David from the Static Blade podcast. Hello, everybody. I'm Evan David from the Static Blade podcast. And that's not the way he normally talks. That's not his accent. I didn't know we were doing accents. As far as they know, it is the way I normally talk, actually. Mm. As far as they know, unless they've listened to my podcast, in which case... Or if they've listened to the two episodes of this podcast that you've appeared on. Also true. Yeah. Technically, one of those episodes was a Static Blade podcast episode. Technically... Maybe, sort of. yeah, sort of. In, <laughs> in retrospect, in we universe. could have handled that one a little bit better, but we wow. uh, we did okay. We did okay. Yeah. So I didn't know we were gonna go like surreal. That was crazy, man. Did you listen to that episode? Um, what was it about? Uh, that was the Jurassic World one, I think, or was that Tomorrowland? Yes. Yeah, that was Jurassic World. Yeah, where, I listened uh, to Tomorrowland. He was on it. Yeah. Well, Jurassic World. We fell into a time warp, which caused us to have a sideways step into another universe. It was no, I didn't. I didn't see. I didn't. I didn't watch that one. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty sweet. The colors, oh, the colors. <laughs> yeah. So here we are, though, on an actual episode. It's not a sun, a summer movie episode. We do have a couple movie episodes coming up in the future. With uh, the next two episodes, will be kind of tying into creepy Halloween. But this one right here, uh, Steve and I had a, we needed to do an episode and we've got a topic (laughs) here that fits, we got a a subject matter here that fits right into Evan's uh, wheelhouse. Dr. Jace can't be with us. So we thought let's bring in Evan, have him sit in on the third chair and we can talk about superhero cartoons. Oh yeah. So here we are. We're going to talk about this, these superhero cartoons. This is the way we're going to do it. We have 10 slots our top 10 favorite superhero cartoons. And in these 10 slots, we're probably gonna have some overlap and that's 
okay. Uh, what we'll do though, when we have, like if I do my number 10 and it's the same as Steve's number one, we will mention it, but then we won't really talk about that particular thing until we get to Steve's number one. Gotcha. Yeah, I just have, I just have enough things on my list that I'm not going to mention ones that someone has mentioned before. I'll just pick a different one. No, that's <laughs> no, you do your top 10. We want to know what your favorites are. We don't want to know. We don't want to. Yeah. We want to know what your favorites are, Steve. But then what, then I do it. Then we do a top 17. No, no, we do your favorite 10. Right. That's the thing. It's, it's not 10, <laughs> but you just say, okay, is, I have it, my favorite 17. I'm going to take away those seven and just focus on these 10. Right. But if I, I might take away seven that you guys don't pick. So that's okay. I might, have, I might have seven on my list that you guys have picked. That's okay. So <laughs> this way we get to talk about more. I, no, 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 Steve, just, just do your top 10. I've always yeah. wanted to experience this live. Yeah. It's thrilling. <laughs> it's thrilling to us too. I, I don't know if I can pick, t- I'm just going to, I'm just going to fill them in as we go along then. Sorry. But then what, so, so you're number one, you're just not going to mention it as number one because someone else already mentioned it. I will no. I'll mention a number one and that might actually be my number one, but if it's already been mentioned, why mention it again? So we we'll can know that that's know. your favorite. Like that's the yeah, whole point so, of this. Oh yeah, the the Aquaman special hour was my number one. We already talked about that three different times. That's the and whole it just point. Won't be special. I mention it. Uh, I say, oh, well, my number ten is Aquaman's hour, and then you say, oh, I've got that up on the list, and so then we just move on. We don't talk about it twice. We talk about it once when it's on the when the highest point of the list. I don't know if I can narrow it down. Let me just see real quick. Let's see. Brother. I've got 11. I think I can narrow mine down. One, <laughs> two, three. Okay. Four, five. So, <laughs> this is not. Okay. Six, <laughs> Steve. seven, eight, nine. So, number 10. So, welcome, Evan, to the podcast. Yeah. Oh boy, it's just tough. I'm feeling right at home at the moment, honestly. Uh, yeah. Well, pull up a chair, sit down, get a glass of lemonade, because I got it. We are we're here for the duration. Uh, I'm gonna take this so, one off. Done to sixteen guys. The whole point was we were making a list. You, you've had hours and hours to work on this. Believe me. And now you're I doing. You wait until hours. we're six minutes into 11. the episode. I worked 11 hours, got into my car to come home, and it died. So I walked home, I, I ate dinner, I put my kids to bed, and then I've been frantically digging through Wikipedia through the list of animated shows of television series from 2009, 2008, 2007, no, no. trying to come up with anything to put on this list, and I got the list down to 16. Wow. That's oh, just that, not good enough for you guys. No, the, you just say, oh, what are some of my favorites? You write them down. Like, I've just got my list of favorite cartoons from growing up and from when I was an adult. Yeah, me too. But I have state of them from pouring through Wikipedia. Okay, we got to get started. Okay. (laughs) We've got to move on. One, two. All right. So, Evan, uh, you're the guest. So, I'm going to let you go first as we go around here. And uh, so, you can go with your, your number 10, top 10 greatest superhero cartoon. And if it's on my list higher up than the number 10, we'll, we'll talk about it then. But yeah. So, right, what, so what's your number, number 10? 10. Number your, 10 for me. Number 10 for Evan. Okay. From the Static Blade podcast. Yep. 
It is Avengers, Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Oh, that's a good one. Is it on your list, Steve? That on my list too. <laughs> is it? Was it on your list already, though? Um, I actually hadn't got to that year yet. Great. So, no. so let's talk about it now, since it's not on my list. But uh, so okay. Avengers, Earth's Mightiest Heroes—that's the one. Yep. Yep. So, so it's it's a modern Avengers show. There's been there's been several Avengers shows. Uh, the two most recent, I believe, were this one, Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes, and then uh, Avengers Assembled is currently still airing, if I'm not mistaken, on Disney XD. I think it's airing, but I don't think they're making new ones. Either. So is is Earth Mightiest Heroes one? Is that the one that was canceled? That yes. people got really upset because then Avengers Assemble wasn't as good. Yes. Okay. So. <clears throat> For, I might be tipping my hand or showing my hand a little bit here, but uh, most of my shows on my list are DC shows. Because as I think we might all agree, and we might not, but as I think we might all agree, Marvel is lacking usually in the animated series department. Wrong. Okay. Steve does not agree. What about you, Ben? Do you agree with me? Uh, depends. Okay. Yeah, I I, <laughs> I think there's some real hits. I think there's some real <laughs> hits with Marvel. But, I, I have two, but I it's believe... not as it's not as strong as as DC. Yeah, I believe I I have two Marvel shows on my list that I would consider hits. Um, this is one of them. This show, uh, the animation and character design and the attention to background detail, just all all over, as far as how it looks, is in my opinion, far and above most of Marvel's animated cartoon offerings. Um, it just looks really good. It really harkens to the Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, Bruce Timm style type of thing. But another great thing is the plotting, the character development, the storytelling is really similar and true to the source material. And they, they fit in pretty much every major avenger and even some side marvel characters like fantastic four spider-man um stuff like that and it they do it fantastically uh the first couple episodes i was like eh, but once i got into it man it's it's a great great show if i was going to introduce my kids to marvel the marvel universe this is the the show i would use yeah i think that's the one we uh my kids were like just perfect ages for that like six and eight or whatever and uh, that's the one that we watched to introduce them to most of the characters. They they had seen the comic books and stuff lying around and littering the floors. But you know, other than that, they've uh, the animated versions. That's what they saw first, I believe, or the ones that they remember first. And I showed I showed them some of the other ones, but I didn't. It wasn't like a consistent watching them, you know, every week or anything. This is the one where it kind of set itself up. Like first season was almost like the the movie universe where the first few episodes it was like here's a captain america episode introducing you to captain yes. america here's iron man here's yeah i i watched that with my kids they liked it they liked it um but we didn't we, we didn't even get to where they actually assembled i think okay uh we just we just didn't it just it we watched a few and then we watched a few more and um well as it goes on it's really good the characters develop like um People quit the team. New people join the team. Um, you've got Hank Pym kind of losing his way and then coming back as Yellow Jacket. Um, so it's 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 really good. Uh, and the voice acting is top notch. Also, 
Mm-hmm. Yep. Good stuff. All right. Steve, do you got a number 10 for us? I actually have a number 10. What is it? Robotech. As a superhero <laughs> show. Well, they they have robotic on, you know, the 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 mechas. So I figured that Steve. All right, not the, my my number 10 is uh Ben 10. There. I'll count that one, yeah. Here we go. Look at that. All right, Ben 10. Is it on your list? Evan. Cross one off my list. It is not on my list. Well, no. Let's talk about it then. I have not actually watched this show in spite of the name. I have been called Ben 10 by numerous children over the last few years. Um, Very cool. But I so, have never actually seen the show. So the, the, the thing that is cool about Ben, the couple of things that are cool about Ben 10 is, well, first of all, there's about a thousand episodes. And yeah. there's, there's all different, you know, iterations of it. And he keeps, you know, getting more stuff and more aliens that he can turn into and all this stuff. And it keeps getting deeper and deeper and layering it on. Uh, it was it was created by Dwayne McDuffie, who uh, really, fin- f- yeah, phenomenal huh. over at DC, um, and he did some Marvel stuff as well. Um, so it hmm. it was a, a DC property. Um, so there's DC comic books with Ben Ten in them. It, it never crossed over, I don't think. Um, one of the really cool things about Ben Ten is it deals with a family, and whatever happens, the family pulls together. So when my son was watching this and he was really heavily into it, I was trying to say, you know, well, what's the, what's the glue that's holding this stuff together that I can use to, you know, have a teachable moment. And I said, you know, it's, it's the family aspect and seeing them work together as a family and whatever happens, they're poking each other and making fun of each other and stuff like that. But when it comes down to brass tacks, the family pulls together. And I thought that was a really cool underlying theme that uh, Dwayne McDuffie had put in that uh, really followed through at least the, as much of the episodes that I had seen. I haven't seen all of them. Very cool. Evan, you have any, any history with Ben 10? I have a little bit. It, I wasn't super into it. I watched it. Uh, I think I was older by the time it had come on. Um, and so I, I think it came out when I was a teenager and uh, I, I caught it in passing. It seemed like a, interesting concept uh i on my list i don't really have many non dc marvel shows although some came close like uh danny phantom stuff like that and so i I would compare uh ben 10 to kind of like that and uh the concept is super interesting the art was pretty good but it just it never really grabbed me all right okay my it's, it's not for everybody well, no, and, and it's got to catch you at the right moment, too. Like, there's oh, – actually, there's nothing on this list here that are cartoons that I discovered with my children as far as superhero cartoons go. Um, but that's one way to catch me. But then there's some other stuff here. Well, for example, my number 10, Ultimate Spider-Man. And the reason I go with Ultimate Spider-Man uh, when I – there's a couple other Spider-Man cartoons that could have taken the slot, like the 90s Spider-Man or the 67 Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. But Ultimate Spider-Man fits here. It's fun. I was able to watch it with the kids. Um, it also has uh, a heavy, heavy shield uh, connection. And that's that's always fun for me, too. 
because of <laughs> other podcasts that I might be involved in that may or may not be found at welcometolevel7.com if you were hey, so inclined not gonna, to not try to mention, go not to uh, mention competing podcasts. Well, it's not a competing podcast. It's a supplemental podcast. Oh, <laughs> ben, I want you to know that as the words Ultimate Spider-Man left your mouth, uh, my hand slipped into my palm. Or not my hand. My head slipped into my palm. Face more like. Is it on your list? No, and it it would not be on my list. Is on it on purpose. your list, Steve? I, you know what? I'm. Which one is the Ultimate Spider-Man? I'm That's the one where he's working with Nick Fury and and he's teaming up oh, with okay, uh, yeah, like White Tiger, I think, one. and Iron Iron Fist and Power Man. Yeah. And I'm now shaking my head. Like What's it. the problem, man? Dude, I'm not a fan of Ultimate Spider-Man, the TV show. Well, I'm getting that impression. I just yeah. was curious really? as to why. There, there's a few reasons. Reason number one, um, Ultimate Spider-Man, the comic book, probably my favorite comic book series of all time. Uh, I started collecting it when I was, I can't even remember, maybe I was 10, and I'm still reading it up to this day, except they just came out with like the last issue like six months ago. So, mm-hmm. ah, terrible. But, um... It is my it is my absolute favorite, and the cartoon show took the name and the character designs, and then filled them with nothing that even resembles the comic I love. So that's reason number one. Okay. Reason number two: Drake Bell voices Spider Man, and now whenever I read Spider Man, it's hard not to hear Drake Bell's voice in my head. I'm not happy, <laughs> and then. Reason number three, the animation is energetic, I mean, frenetic. No, no. I mean, the character animation, it's pretty good. But the background animation, lazy as all get out. So what, what, what reason do you have that's actually like a valid reason? For <laughs> <not liking? laughs> those, are the, those are the not very good reasons. Now pull out some good ones. It's also silly. <laughs> Yeah, and actually, some of those reasons—it's silly. It's you know, yes. I, I I do like. I mean, it it doesn't take itself too seriously. It's no, it doesn't. It, it comes out with a wink and a nudge, um, and you know, some of the styles of animation I I do enjoy when they kind of go away to that kind of chibi, uh, kind of thing. As as mm-hmm. you have a a reacting a reaction from a character, and the background fades away, and oh yeah, that you know, I'm okay with. But there's some fun <laughs> stuff with that. But uh, yeah. I, I think that's part of it. It's just it's it's fun. It's it's energetic and, um, yeah, and and it's funny. I mean, it, I find myself laughing at it. I haven't seen the entire series. I've only seen um, maybe the first season. I may not have even finish the first season yet. But it is I've really it is funny. It. it is funny. I laughed a lot in the episode where Principal Coulson goes on a date with Aunt May. Hilarious. <laughs> um. But the show is also just a shameless Marvel publicity stunt to take kids who love Spider-Man and introduce them to other Marvel characters in the Marvel Universe. The show is not about Spider-Man. It doesn't (laughs) dive into his character. It's about Spider-Man. Oh, look, and over here we've got Deadpool, and over here we've got Captain America, and there's Hulk and Wolverine, and like these characters. Oh, it's Marvel (laughs) team-up. It's it's Marvel team-up. I mean, this is not nothing new. 
Then call it Marvel Team Up and don't call it Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah, well. Sorry, I have, so, I have issues with that show. Yeah. Um, it's it's Ultimate like, because it's a team up. Yeah. See? Yeah. Now we no, understand. It's Ultimate because S.H.I.E.L.D. is trading Spider-Man and they gave him a spider motorcycle. <sighs> I had that spider motorcycle when I was 10. I had that spider motorcycle. It had one of those little plastic, uh, you know, tooth t- things that you like pull, and, and like, the wheels in the back go, the little, and you like, just put it on the yeah. floor, and it just smashes into stuff. It was awesome. Set up your Legos, set up your Lincoln Logs, gone. <laughs> the motorcycle can web sling. Well, just... this one couldn't. <laughs> well, honestly, <laughs> this this is on my list because Coulson. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he, I mean, he is a great part of that show. Let, let's just be honest here for, for what Ben is, is saying. But, uh, yeah, so let's let's run with our number nines then. All right. Uh, Evan, would you care to go first with your number nine? Yes. I'm sorry for all the hate in my last, That's okay. my last you can, round. That's okay. You can have your, your, uh, your opinions. And you your can, opinions and I'm making valued. a list. <laughs> your opinions are va- ridiculed. But yes, valued as well. <laughs> well, I'm prepared for some more because my number nine is Legion of Superheroes. Ah, Ooh, interesting choice. I re- do remember you talking about that in, in previous conversations. Yeah. I have not seen it at all. Okay. I've seen a few. I have a couple things to say about this one. Legion okay. of Superheroes, it's a really cool concept that straight take it straight out of the comics. The Legion comes back when Clark Kent is a teenager and they bring him to the future to and he kind of learns how to be a superhero while helping out the Legion. And uh they call him Superman, even though he's only like 15, because they know who he's gonna turn into. First also season because of legal obligations. Yeah, yeah. First season, it's okay. Um it's a superhero show. It's it's pretty straightforward. Second season they upped the bar, and it is, in my opinion, one of the best seasons of superhero TV, uh, at least animated superhero TV, you can find. And they, br- like, they bring Superman back. He's older. and But it's just got twists. It's got turns. It's got villain cameos. And it the main villain for the season is Ben It's Imperiex. Yeah, I've heard you talk Woo-hoo! about that. <laughs> I have no... No uh, history with that character except for, well, if you listen to Comic Book Time Machine, you'll hear me talk about a comic with him in it. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll also hear me talk about how he is the main antagonist for my favorite comic book event probably ever, uh, Our Worlds at War, DC Comics. So, Oh, well, there you go. Yep. So that's my kind of little, it's my little corner of of nerdy geekdom. Yep. Okay, Steve, so what's your number nine? All right, this one, I'm going to go a little old school. Old school is good school. It's, old, it's, it's, it's good school. It's an old favorite. It's one of the ones where, you know, that I, I have vivid memories of getting a, a video cassette and recording this part of the episode and recording it off. So I have like six hours of just this part of the episode and not the other segments. Um, so it's it's just one of those real sweet old memories where I'm just like holding on to it and it's just hanging on to number nine with an iron fist and it's not letting go. What is it? Underdog. Nice. Uh, yeah. Is that on your list, uh, Evan? 
It is not. All right. I considered it for my list. I'm glad it's on yours, Steve. It's, what do you, it's, it's not the it's not the, the TV, uh, the, I mean, the movie that came out. It's, it has nothing to do with that. It, it's just a name only. Um, this is old school stuff. This is when it, he still was able to, you know, take his underdog super energy pill for his powers, uh, you know, before they had to edit that out because of the, you know, they didn't want kids to think you take drugs and get powers. Mm. Um, but it just had that, that old school charm to it. You know, the, the Rocky and Bullwinkle flavor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It had, you know, all the, the elements, the, the other elements in the show, it had, you know, the Tennessee tuxedo and all that stuff. But when it was just underdog and sweet Polly purebred and Simon Bar Sinister, you know, that's just, just about all you needed. And it just played itself out that way. Now is underdog, was that part of the Rocky and Bullwinkle show or is that part of some, another show? Yeah, it wasn't part of Rocky and Bullwinkle. It was the same company. Okay. Right. Yeah. Same company that produced it. And uh, it was a similar uh, concept. It was, you know, a, a variety show. So it had, uh, you know, the Go, Go, Go version. It had, uh, you know, Dudley, not Dudley Do, right? That was. That was Rocky and Bullwinkle. Um, uh, Bullwinkle. But it, it just had, you know, different stuff. In, but Underdog would have the first segment and the last segment. And it would usually be like a four-episode uh, uh, miniseries, basically. So you'd have you know parts one, part two, and then the next time you watched it, you'd have part three and part four. I gotcha. And uh, it it was just uh, a cool little you know cliffhangers. You know, don't miss our next underdog show. And you'd have to you'd have to keep watching, and you'd have to keep keep moving on, keep getting that next fix, keep you know jones in for it and then you finally <laughs> get it and you're okay for a little bit so all right so my number nine i might get some guff from it might be higher up on your lists but uh my number one is the x-men you mean number nine number nine my number nine is the x-men uh is that, <coughs> excuse me is that on your list at all guys I I could see it being number nine I, I have it higher up on my list okay well let's talk about it when we get to it on your list steve Okay. We will look forward right. to that as we follow the rules. It is not on my list. Uh, the 90s X-Men show? Yeah, yeah. Yep, yeah. never was. Yeah, we'll get to it. Okay. Uh, well, well, when we get to it on Steve's list, we'll talk about it. So let's move to number eight. Number eight for me is The Batman. Really? The Batman. Yes. Huh. Okay. Why do you not say... Batman huh. the animated series. No, The Batman. Okay, got it. So not Bruce Tim at all. Not Bruce Tim at all. Nope. Okay. All right. All right. I, you, I just haven't heard much good about it. So. Oh man, I'll I'll defend it. That's that's me and your first watch of Avatar, Ben. I'm, I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely played, Evan. Nicely played. All right. All right. <laughs> Let's hear about it. Let's. Is it on all your right. list at all, Steve? Uh, the, the Batman. Batman is not the Batman. Okay, so yeah. the Batman is. Teach us, Evan. Okay, show us the the path of light. Well, it doesn't. Well, it's Batman, so there might not be much light. But uh, the Batman was a. It's it's not a very like. I don't know if it's a very popular show. No, it's not. <laughs> not I know, but man, I loved it. It was great. They they took Batman. It's like it starts out. It's like Batman Year Three. He's a young guy. 
and he's a lot more, I guess he's a lot more bright, lighter than, than normally Batman would be, but he's still very realistic. They go in, they dive deep into the characters of the show. And what they do is they, they took all the villains and just gave them all an overhaul. Like if you've been like Bruce, Tim was Batman for like, who knows a decade. And those were the iterations of those villains that were on TV. So what this show did is they took them and they just gave them a twist. So like the Joker, whole new voice and his voice, it's not Mark Hamill, but it's still a really good Joker voice, but he can do like backflips and stuff. He knows Kung Fu like Batman does. Maybe not exactly like Batman does, but he can fight him on a physical level. And so it's it's a different type of Joker. Instead of just running away, he can fight Batman. Um, mm-hmm. Clayface, they really developed his character. He it's it's my favorite version of Clayface I've ever seen. Comics, TV, anything. It's from the Batman. Um, eventually, they bring in Robin. Eventually, they bring in Batgirl. We've got Nightwing in there. Um, and then we bring in all the members of the Justice League in the last season. The last season's like There's a it's, five seasons, right? Yep, five seasons. Yep, and they're all really good. And it actually, it actually won six daytime Emmy awards. Yeah, animation Someone is incredible. Yeah, animation is stellar. Uh, voice acting is great. Ming Na Wen is in the show, Ben. So, oh, 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 oh! I, 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 that. A lot of things that you're talking about, though, that are like bonus and and good things to you uh they're things that i was hearing people complaining about like joker being able to hold his own ninja joker i think i heard a lot of people talking about him it's not classic joker but if you just accept that it's great and (laughs) he's he's still got like he's still got all the classic joker humor and menace i like it when the joker is menacing and funny like uh what what do you call it like Heath Ledger Joker, he's maybe kind of funny if you squint. But I like it when the Joker's just straight up funny, you know. And this he like Mark Hamill does that too. And so this guy does a great job playing him. Um Yeah, I I, I don't think I, I don't think there's much else to say. I mean, it's just really great. Uh-huh. I have all five seasons, Ben, if you'd like to borrow them. I don't know if I would. <laughs> Oh, give it a chance, man. It's awesome. It's really great. I, I really highly recommend it. Okay. All right. I'll All take right. them. <laughs> All right, Steve. <laughs> Steve, what's your number eight? Number eight. Let's see. Get back to my list here. Um, well, this is a little older. It's probably older than Evan, but it's not as old school as Underdog. It's not early 60s. This is late 70s. And this is high on my list because – it wasn't it, it was one series and it was done and it was that's that was for a reason they planned it that way they they wanted they didn't you know go any forwards from that um and that's why it's so high on my list otherwise it would be it, that's why it's so low on my list otherwise it would be higher on my list um but it's flash gordon uh, yeah some yeah. people might say well flash gordon it really isn't a superhero but you know what he's he He's pre-superheroes. I mean, there was superheroes based on him. So, you know, I think if you if you take him as the character that he, he he is supposed to be, he's larger than life. 
Uh, he has a, a, a costume. If you, <laughs> He'll if you save every one of us. That way. He'll save every one he of us. Save it. Yeah. Hey, he uh, are you talking about the series though of Flash Gordon where it was like the the serial, the serialized yes. one? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I I remember that too. That was. Yeah. I loved it because it was serialized. It was actually probably my first exposure to a cartoon that that was a continuing story like that. Because you come in in the middle of the chapter. Yeah. I have, I, I'm concerned about this coming on this show because I have never seen anything Flash Gordon ever. <laughs> well, we need to change that. You need to at least see the movie. Okay. I, I mean, wow. I never, I don't even know. <sighs> That'd be a Flash fun Gordon's one to do, Evan. We should do a retrospective on that movie. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Steve, I think we can find it somewhere. It might even be on Netflix. I think it's on Netflix. We watched it a couple months ago. Yeah. Evan, have your first experience with that Flash Gordon movie that happened only because Star Wars happened. And if George Lucas could have had his way, we wouldn't have gotten Star Wars. We would have gotten his Flash Gordon. Right. Because I knew Star Wars is based off of Flash Gordon. A little bit. Yeah. Um, Well, be interesting to do a live commentary. As you're experiencing it. Yeah. Uh, they, I think that would be interesting. Um, okay, so is it, is it my number eight now? I think so, yes. All right, my number eight is The Max. The Max. The Max. This oh, was an wow. MTV cartoon that was on when I was in college. Um, mm-hmm. Around that time, they also had like uh, Eon Flux and was it MTV's Liquid television, television, I think. Yeah. And this yeah. was for – it was on – during that brief period of time where I actually had cable in my dorm room. And, (laughs) and so I, I, again, this was kind of a a strange cartoon. It was a strange comic that was based on kind of this weird, um, psycho somatic world where it's, it's, uh, someone's dreamscape kind of thing. And you have this giant hulking hero who, you know, he's kind of the kind of thing where he, he'll be, uh, you'll, you'll hear the narration, and then he re- he realizes, oh, I'm talking out loud, you know. <laughs> and, um, I, did I talk out loud again? Uh, but I, I enjoyed it. Uh, it it kind of was uh, a little bit of exposure into some of those more. Well, I, I wouldn't call image necessarily indie comics, but kind of exposure into some of those comics. And the cartoon show itself got me interested in in the comic. And mm-hmm. this was also like, around the time where HBO had Spawn too. I think. Which was I didn't like that one that much at all. Oh yeah. yeah. Actually, I started talking about it. I didn't ask you if it was on any of your lists. The Max? Uh, no. Uh, it, it wasn't. I, I I remember watching it, but it just it, it didn't make the list. Yeah, yeah. And, and it just was weird and and striking and and a very visual and visceral cartoon. And I haven't gone back to rewatch it since. I mean, we're talking what ninety three, ninety four, around in there. Uh, so it's been 20 years since I've seen it, but it, it did leave an impression on me. So, Yeah, it did remind me of another MTV series, which I neglected to put on my list, but I might mention it later. Um, okay. Yeah, but my number seven, if we're moving on, is, uh, and I'm sure we'll have to talk about it later because I'm sure it's on you guys' list somewhere, is Batman the Animated Series. That's going to be on my list later on. Yep. 
Yeah, yeah. So. that's uh, that's number seven for you. It is. Wow. And I, I knew that would also catch some raised we eyebrows. We will talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> so do we move on to Steve then? Yeah, Please. Steve. What's your number seven? I think this might raise a couple eyebrows in a different way. I only have a couple eyebrows, so let's let's see what happens. <laughs> but yeah, you go. Uh, my number seven is uh, the 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 Powerpuff Girls. Yeah, Steve. Uh, you know what, Steve? My number seven is related to the Powerpuff Girls. Is my... it Dexter's Laboratory? No, no. Go a different direction with that. Samurai Jack. Oh, okay. Oh, man, okay. nice. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Powerpuff, Powerpuff Girls, Girls, though, they I, they were on my list and they got pushed off. So they were close. Really? Yeah. 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 They, they, um, I mean, it's, it's low on my list, but they, they made the cut. Uh, they're just fun. They're just fun ep- episodes, fun things, and uh, they're well done as well. They are. Um, mm-hmm. When I was watching them, I, I was realizing that they're well done little stories, and each one has their own little thing that they're doing. And they have this overarching theme as well, and the crossover with Dexter's Lab, and, and you know, really fun, really engaging. Each character had its own, you know, had their own personality. Um, just just a fun a fun watch probably in the run for the most graphically violent children's show <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. well they're knocking out people's teeth i mean they're <laughs> blood guts i mean get flying out of people's heads and backs blood and guts wait a minute oh yeah blood every time they're fighting the giant monster it's all bloods and guts yeah it was it was a violent show and it was also there was some creepy and uh, I want to say uncomfortable uh, characters as well, like him. Yeah, like him. Seriously, I mean that that yeah. that one right there. He's a devil, you know. And he's kind of a cross dresser, and he's just kind of this odd, you know, weird character. But he's like the embodiment of pure evil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super scary. But, yeah okay so no steve my eyebrows not raised too much me neither all right then. yeah no it it Good. definitely belongs on some of these lists i, I would they're say they're hardcore man and if if we were going to 15 or 17 for example it would have been on my list so but yeah samurai jack have a, a fav- is is my do, number do seven a, a favorite uh do you have a favorite powerpuff girl i do i like blossom Man, that is that's the hardest question I've been asked all day. No, it's not hard. Blossom, she's she's the leader, right? Which one? Which one, Evan? Oh man, it is a toss up between Bubbles and Buttercup. That's 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 disturbing. Yeah. Well, what's your favorite, Steve? I go with Blossom too. Oh really, I go Blossom? With Blossom too, which is which is funny because now I'm disturbed. Blossoms and she's Bubbles and Buttercup. So. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I probably have to go with. Uh, I can't. Can't decide. Evan. Both Evan for 3DYC. Uh, 15 years ago for 3DYC. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brad and Dave and I. They were my partners in crime, and we would host the youth convention of 3DYC, and we spent 24 hours straight before 3DYC and created in that 24 hours. A five-minute animated Mighty Tough Boys, <laughs> where 
it was because uh, it's a youth convention, and so we had this villain that was stealing all the pizzas and made it so that nobody could have could order pizza for the you know in the hotel for the convention, and we had to you know find the supervillain. It turned out we unmasked the supervillain, and it was actually a photograph of the the convention director's head, Ken Chuck. <laughs> And we, we we animated his speaking then like a, like a Monty Python, a mm. Terry Gilliam animation, and yeah, it was it was great. It was nice. so much fun. It might be on YouTube somewhere. I'm not sure, but I'm yeah. just gonna ask: Is it anywhere we can see it? No, I I know it's on DVD somewhere that I, in my office, but yeah. So that was also the year I think we did Gigantic, which was a parody of Titanic. <laughs> um, nice. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so yeah, Samurai Jack is my number seven, and a lot of that comes down to style. Yeah. For that, mm-hmm. um, I love that style. Love it. Yeah, and, so different. Um, and uh, I think the re- one of the reasons why it didn't make my list was I didn't watch it till the end. So, uh, well, I I I bought it on DVD because I didn't have cable, but <laughs> I thought that looks really striking, and I think I saw it. So one episode at uh, in a hotel, and I thought, "Oh, this is cool!" And so I, I got all the seasons. And yeah. yeah, I was I was stayed up to watch the season premiere. Stayed up. I was like ten. It's like nine o'clock. Well, uh, the, the, the episode premiere. I remember very vividly the episode I watched in that hotel referenced my number one cartoon, and that also was was definitely endeared it to me. Okay. So. Um. It, it's not on my list because I, at this point in my life, I'm not a fan of magic. And it's just all up in Samurai Jack with Aku and everything. So I couldn't put it on my list. But stylistically, it's awesome. Well, what's your number six then? All right. Okay. So six and up, if I was being Steve McDonald, they would all be tied. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> so. So. Have a, I have two ties on my on my list here. So. so, so you're saying that number one through six are actually all number one? Well, I don't know. They're they're way too close to call. I did my best. They're they're. I mean, they're they would be point. You know, one point two, one point four. At least tell they're me your number one is your number one. I I don't know. I can't handle two Steves here. I. <laughs> they're all so good, in my opinion. Uh, but I, I'm going to leave them in the order they're in. Okay. So what's your number just, six? All right. Green Lantern, the animated series. I did wow. not watch Interesting that. Choice. Interesting choice. Yes. I well, watched then. the first episode. I watched the first episode, and I was skeptical. It's a Bruce Tim show, going back to the days of Batman the Animated Series and Superman the Animated Series, where it's the solo hero. And it's CGI, uh, computer-generated imagery. And... Uh, the first episode, I was like, eh, it seems kind of lame. The the art style's not, it's not growing on me. Uh, and the Red Lanterns were the villains in the first episode. I'm like, I don't really like the Red Lanterns. So I, I didn't watch it. But then I saw it on Netflix, watched the series, the whole, the whole show. It was awesome. I loved it. It was it was so good. It was, in my opinion, it's up there with Superman and Batman, the animated series. Wow. Um, the, the, wow. the animation yeah. grew on me. The character was, the character development was great. They harken back to a bunch of stuff that I love from the comics. Guy Gardner, God bless him. He was in there. 
He was hilarious. <laughs> it was it was great. So okay, yeah, there it is. Well, I high, highly high recommend it. If yeah, if you are a comic book fan and you are skeptical of this show, I highly recommend it. Steve, you have any? It doesn't really have anything to do with the the movie, which was just no awesomely horrible. Other than yes. the timing, right? Yeah, the timing was there, but the time. it, yeah, it has nothing to do with the movie whatsoever. Very closely tied in with the comic series. Is it tied to the the? You say it's Bruce Tim. It is Bruce Tim. It does, it does not tie in with the DC animated universe. Okay. All right. Well. Uh, Steve, what's your number? What are we on? What is this? Six? Number six. Almost rhymes with it. Can you, can you get it? Number uh, six. super six? Number six. The super Almost six? Almost rhymes with six. Nope. Cause that's goofy. That's fun. Not the bionic, not, not the bionic six either. Uh, I don't know. What is it? I'll give you a little time to try to try to figure it out. Okay. Oh, you, you already. Okay. Just do it. I'll give you. Hold on. I'll give you. Hold on. I'll give you a little time. Tick 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 ding. All right. Can can you figure it out? The no. tick. You said it. Tick. The tick. Yeah. The tick. Oh. See, it almost rhymes with six. Is that six, on your list, tick, Evan? Six. If we were doing a list six. of top ten worst superhero TV shows, that would be my number one. That would be your number one <laughs> next to Ultimate well, Spider-Man, huh? No, he would be – I don't know if he'd make the top ten worst ones. Maybe number ten, but number t- the take is number one for me, for sure. It wow. is satire. It is, it is parody. I'll give you that much. But just for fun and for goofiness and over the top and, and homages to uh, you know the, the other characters that we know and love, um, it, was, it was just a lot of fun. Yeah, Tons of fun. yeah. Now, my I don't have. I, I think I only saw like two episodes of that. Um, now, the live action series, I watched the entire thing a couple times, but the cartoon. Right. The cartoon I, I, was like appointment television. It was like what you know what we would watch. So, hmm. I think I haven't watched it since I was a kid, and at that point, I don't think I understood the concept of satire. So that's maybe why I didn't like it. I only remember one episode, and that's where. They're trying to steal the world's most comfortable chair. <laughs> and then they they make the tick sit in it, and then he's powerless because he doesn't want to ever get up from the chair. It was the Ottoman Empire. Get it? The chairs? <laughs> yeah. Seriously? Well, yeah, and if you don't understand the parody, then it's just absurdist humor. Yeah, like, it which just, is probably what I got as a kid, which is why yeah. I regard it the way I do. Maybe if I watch it right. again. And actually, even if you do get the parody, it's still absurdist humor too yeah. <laughs> yeah. all right my number six so is super friends nice uh and and primarily because i cannot remember a world without superman because of this show <laughs> this cartoon show i watched it from the moment i was able to watch tv because of this cartoon show um i fell in love with superheroes Uh, Because of this cartoon show, I fell in love with Superman and was able to go and see the Superman movie in the theater when I was like, I was young. And, you know, I think I was, was that 77? Mm -hmm. Uh, 78. 78. Okay. So I was, I mean, I was just a tyke, you know, and 
But this show has, I, I cannot think of a time in my life because I just can't remember that far back into my toddlerhood uh, where <laughs> Super Friends was not, you know, there. Uh, it was on from when I was two until I was 12, basically. I mean, I so we're talking about, you know, Super Friends and we're talking about the different, you know, the half hour version, the hour long version. We're talking about getting into, you know, the superpowers um, with dark side and that last year of super friends was basically the year where I started like weaning myself away from uh, that the show because it was just not as, as uh, and I'm using this word with its correct definition, not as mature as I was looking for. Um, mm -hmm. It was, it was very much a kiddie cartoon, but yeah. It, and it did mature a little bit when they introduced, you know, firestorm and, and cyborg and, you know, a little bit more um, sophisticated uh, stories, but not by much. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, I mean, Super Friends, this between Super Friends and my number one um, top 10 greatest superhero cartoon, uh, very influential in my youth and in just my interests and, and creating my interests as I, as I move forward in my life. So, yeah. Super friends. And again, I didn't ask, is that on either of your lists? Because I didn't even ask. A, I just went ahead and talked. Uh, I did used to watch it when I was younger though. It would come on, they would do reruns on Cartoon Network of the hour long version. Mm -hmm. And I, I enjoyed it. I watched it. It was, it was fun. Steve, was it on your list? Or Not on my are list. you quickly was, shifting was... your list around now and saying, good, I can take that one off. <laughs> No, no, no. I, I was kicking it around whether to put it on my, my list of 17. Um, <laughs> but I eventually, I, I kept it off just because I just, the stories that I remember were just so bad. <laughs> yeah, there, there is very little sophistication to them. Yeah. But at the yeah. same time, for a three, four, five-year-old kid, uh, it's, there's a very conservative moral value to mm -hmm. the stories that were being told and yeah. yeah, a simplistic moral value as well. I, I would, I would definitely agree with that, but it's basically try and help people. I mean, it really comes down yeah. to that. Try to help people. Um, and, and, and also hitchhiking is bad. <laughs> you know, I mean, you had the Zan and Jaina stories where they're like, Zan oh, yeah. and Jaina get involved with teenagers who find out that hitchhiking is not the way to get to where you're going, you know, or, Right. Um, or yeah. don't play on a construction site. That's uh, so there, there's definitely moralizing <laughs> going on there too. But yeah, yeah. but by, by the time that came out, I, I had already been watching the uh, the 1967 Spider-Man series, where it had you know the the journey to the fifth dimension and all these like weird things and, and you know a little heavier stuff than what was going on with the. The Super Friends, and as much as it, the Super Friends formed my idea of what DC was like, um, it wasn't it 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 didn't carry it over to the point where I said, "Hey, I want to start buying DC comic books." You know, it it just it didn't do it for me. Well, Evan, number five. Okay, now this one really could be my number one, but. <laughs> Well, listen, listen. They all could, though, right? Like from no, here on out, they all could. Really, like I'm feeling, I'm feeling like I'm betraying some part of me by putting this one at number five. So put it at number one. I, I can't. Ah, 
Just do it. If it could be your number do one, make it, it your number one. They're all tied it, anyway. Do it, do all right. It, do all right. It. I'm moving it to number one. Oh, okay. Yes. Peer pressure. Yes. All, all right. right. So here's here's my new number five. The Justice League television show. It's on my list. Bruce, Nicely done. By Bruce Tim. Yep. So I'll wait till till Ben's thing. So it's on my list. We're skipping yep. it again. I have, I have that. I have that also on my list. Okay. Where? What's your number five then, Steve? My number five is it's a a, a mashup sort of. It's a conglomeration. Um, our first our first real cheat of the day. All right. It's <laughs> it is a cheat, but it it has the same character in all of this stuff. It, it's Spider Man and from nineteen sixty seven and Spider Man and his amazing friends and uh, you know Ultimate Spider Man and when Spider Man is done well, that's my number five. So you're lumping Ultimate Spider-Man with Spider-Man and his amazing friends? Yes. And Spider-Man 67. Yes, I am. Yes, okay. I am. Yes. And Spider-Man 90s? Uh, I said when it was done well. I don't think the 90s captured saying, the Spider-Man. You are saying Ultimate Spider-Man is done better than 90s Spider-Man. You know, I, I, I'd have to look back at the 90s Spider-Man stuff. It just fight, doesn't. Fight, it doesn't. fight. Fight, 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 <laughs> fight, fight. It doesn't speak to me the way that 1967 or, or, or the Ultimate Spider-Man does. The, the animation on the 90s Spider-Man was stilted, but the storytelling yeah. was surprisingly good to me. Yes. Uh, you, uh, unfortunately, you can't then, argue for the animation on that show. Like, no. You can try, but you can't. <laughs> it does not you know, n- hold You know what? Not that I'm... Now that I'm thinking of of what it was, I do remember uh, parts of it, and yeah, I, I did watch it. So I would have to lump that in, yes. So that would be part of my my number five as well. That '90s Spider-Man cartoon, the final episode, not talking about when they went into the, oh, what was it, Spider-Man uh, Evolution or whatever, where he goes. Was it the Secret Wars? No, no, the second quote unquote season. Where he goes to, he another, goes to the uh, alternate Earth, Earth, yeah, uh, the high where the high evolutionary <laughs> is, and it's like all the the yeah. animal people there. And oh, awful. that wasn't that was a different whole series. It sort of was, yeah. but it wasn't. It was meant to be like it's a continuation of that '90s Spider-Man cartoon. Yeah, but they changed the voice actor and the art. Yeah, but the story intention was that he was the same one. But okay. the final episode of Spider-Man from the '90s the actual Spider-Man show uh, has this wonderful moment where Spider-Man shows up at Stan Lee's office. Yes. And gives <laughs> Stan Lee a ride uh, through the, through the cities of, uh, through the, the streets of New York. You know, he's, he's web slinging with, with Stan Lee hanging on his back. And it's just, it's, <laughs> you, you say it out loud. It sounds kind of ridiculous, but it really is a great moment in, it is. Uh, it, it, of homage and, and to say, you know, basically, thanks, Stan, you know, for 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 being a part of this. And nice. Yeah. All right. So your number five is Spider-Man done well. Yes. <laughs> and you're including Spider-Man as Amazing Friends, which was another foundational mm-hmm. cartoon for me. Um, yeah. Oh, man, I, I, I watched this some of that with the kids and it holds up a little better, I think. Than I expected it to. So, a little bit, yeah. a little bit. But you know, I mean, the Firestar was just the star of that show. I mean, just just 
Hands well, down. Firestar was she, great because she was actually a she. I mean, yeah, she was a, a teammate on equal level with Iceman and Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. not a sidekick. No, no. And she got storylines. She was one of the and, amazing friends. Mm-hmm. And just think if it hadn't been for, you know, that Human Torch was being used somewhere else, it would have been Spider-Man, Iceman and Human Torch. But yeah. not that Human Torch was being used somewhere else, but rather he was contractually uh, wrapped yeah. up somewhere else. So and that's get... why he wasn't in the Fantastic Four uh, cartoon of the late 70s. Yeah. A lot of people think it was because people didn't want him to, you know, have kids emulate him and, and light themselves on fire. But he was just, you know, under contract or different things. So they used her to be the robot instead. But then you so did he, have the fantastic uh, of the four, the Dan Aykroyd um, sketch on Saturday Night Live, where he's like talking about all his Halloween cartoons or costumes, rather. Yeah. And he's like, "Ah, it's the Johnny Human Torch car- uh, costume. <laughs> It's like this yeah. gas-soaked rags that you light on fire. Yeah. Oh, well, it's it's safe. Uh, you know, you're walking down the street at night. No one's gonna miss you. You know, <laughs> he's not gonna get hit by a car. He's... So yeah, horrible. I always imagine that Iceman from Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends is actually the same person as Fred from Scooby-Doo. Yeah, no. probably. I think maybe he might be. Like, that's his secret identity. Yeah, because they, they sound very similar. They might have yeah. the same voice actor. All right, so here's my number five: Darkwing Duck. Oh yes, ben. when there's trouble, you call DW. That's right. Uh, is it on any <laughs> other lists here? Should we talk or should we wait? No, I mean it's not on my list. You said it is on your list? Yeah, it's I actually... Not. It's not? No. I actually bought the discs for the kids, but I haven't sat down and watched them. And they hit after I was, you know, past college age. So it wasn't really uh, speaking my language when they when they started on TV. So I never really watched them. It spoke I'm my language because of, the, because of the, the parody aspect again. It, it just... It Could fit, be. It fit Was nicely. it a parody? Well, there's definitely... Where it's not parroting uh, specific heroes necessarily, it's but it is definitely parroting the uh, the tropes of superheroes. In the style, yeah, yeah, um, of of like Batman in the shadow, the dark character who's in the shadows, shadow. Uh, but he has a doppelganger who has a you know a, an opposite costume. Uh, when I say opposite, I mean like opposite on like a color wheel, you know, Negaduck. Yep. Um, and then you had his rogues gallery and you had his, you know, he would team up then with, uh, Gizmo duck. Is that his yes. name? Yeah. From, yep. from ducktales. Launchpad McClack. Yeah. And Launchpad was his, his sidekick. And so it definitely is, it's a part of the ducktales universe and yep. it's, it's wonderful. It's I a wonderful, it. wonderful show. My kids liked it. We bought the discs too. And we watched that for a while where, where I was crafting Saturday morning cartoon lineups for them that would include. Tailspin and Ducktales and that. So, man, I'm I'm planning to do the exact same thing, Ben. Yeah. So uh, you're gonna say something about Darkwing Duck, though, that you. I was. I thought you were. Yes, I'm actually planning on dressing up as Darkwing Duck for this Halloween. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm planning to go out and buy my costume materials this Saturday. <laughs> we have to dress up for a youth event for a Blacklight Dodgeball 
our small group is doing superheroes. So I told them that I was planning to do Darkwing Duck. Every single one of them looked at me with a blank stare like they had no idea what I was talking about. Mm, probably what, because uh, they had no idea what you were talking about. Exactly. I'm doing it anyway. So Is that Howard the Duck? I don't even think they know who Howard the Duck is. Well, maybe if they stuck around <laughs> for the credits of Avengers Guardians movie. of the Galaxy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to number four. Let's hear it, Evan. What's your number All four? Right. Number four is Young Justice. I have nice not choice. seen it. I heard great things, but I still haven't watched it. Oh, man. Ben. And it's on is Netflix, it on? right? On anybody else? Yeah, it's on Netflix right now. At least the first season is. I have the whole second season if you'd like to borrow that. Um, <laughs> so Young Justice was also one of my favorite comic book series. That and Ultimate Spider-Man, I think, were my first comic book series I ever collected. Um, loved it. The actual comic series is more like the Teen Titans TV show, where it's it's got action, but it's also got lots of zany, funny stuff in it. Um, like playing baseball with aliens for the fate of the planet Earth, that sort of thing. <laughs> um, which the show does not have. The show is probably the finest crafted DC Comics television program of all time. Well, tell us how you really feel, man. Yeah. Uh, but it's only number go, four on your list. Yes, and that is for nostalgia reasons, honestly. <laughs> but if I'm looking at just craft, art, plotting, character development, and faithfulness to the comic book source material, Young Justice, you cannot beat it. You can't. Wow. Plus it has Bart Allen, one of my absolute favorite comic book heroes, and he is depicted faithfully uh, by James Marsden. So, yeah. High praise for Green Lantern and yep. Young Justice. Yep, I, I highly recommend it. It's got some magic stuff in it. I skipped some of those episodes. But <laughs> if you don't have a problem with that, do it, man. It's got Dr. Fate, all sorts of stuff. So, Now, what what, what is your, your exact... Uh, problem with magic that's another episode it is another episode because i i heard you talking about harry potter in a previous episode and i'd love to have a conversation with you about that later steve so sure, sure. all right what's your number four steve gotcha man oh we gotta wait Battle on that then the planets yeah, yeah I, th I thought so yeah i, I <laughs> you know me so. uh my number four oh, yeah. is brave and the bold Batman. oh man is that on your list, guys? Do we wait or do we talk? Uh, not on my list. Let's. Yeah, it's not on my list either. Let's talk. It was going to be tied with number nine, Legion of Superheroes, but I didn't think of it soon enough. So. Yeah, Brave and the Bold. I love it. I mean, it's it's that perfect blend of modern storytelling sensibilities and Batman. Adam West sensibilities. Yes. But then yes. it's also, there's some deep, deep digging into DC characters uh, yeah. of the past. I mean, there's some deep cuts into the DC uh, gallery of heroes. And oh, yeah. so you have, you know, he's facing off with Gorilla Grodd. He is teaming up with uh, Mr. Miracle. He is going back in time and they don't even explain. It's just, yep. there's enemy ace and World War II, and here comes Batman in a plane. You yep. know what I mean? And it's just, they have this quick little five-minute adventure, cue the credits, and then we go into the episode. And yep. 
The Batmite episodes are fun. I mean, it's just possibly, quite possibly, um, one of the greatest love letters to just superheroes in general. Yep, Uh, I would agree. It's just, it's just fun. The animation in our direction is incredible. It is, it is just great. Um, Kite Man is in this thing. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) and they they're they're able to do a musical episode. You know, and and it music meister. It fits. It fits nicely, and it doesn't. They they really don't have to bend over backwards to make you accept that it's a musical episode. Buffy the Vampire Slayer musical episode. What? I mean, I get there's this you know magical spells or whatever, but it, it doesn't fit tonally, you know. But with Brave and the Bold, because of all the things they've done, and I am putting this this high on my list, even though I do not really like their their characterization of aquaman i just have oh, to pretend I he's it. i just have to pretend he's hercules or something else <laughs> you know um but you yeah, know i mean he, aquaman's made into this buffoon uh but then at the same time he's also this very earnest hero you he's know and buffoon. um it's just it's just good stuff very very good stuff and the batmite episode where they go into manga batman that actually is referencing <laughs> actual Batman Japanese comics that came out because of the Batman Adam West TV show. Uh, and they're yeah, referencing it directly. Um, yeah. And they, they referenced, you know, the Scooby-Doo style of, yes. of storytelling. It's it just, yeah. they're, they're, like I said, it's a love letter to superheroes. It's, it's saying, you know, here we're going to poke fun, but it's a gentle poke, you know, and we are yeah. going to <laughs> have fun with you as we're poking fun of it uh, but we wouldn't be able to poke fun with it if we didn't love it so much right and then they they also dive they dive into like some deep stuff too and some serious action they 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 deal with themes of death uh loss uh growing up well yeah the episode with um with nightwing yeah uh where he's you know he has to deal with i'm off on my own i used to be robin and that was when I was a kid and he has to deal with like this father figure who's you know, uh, coming back into, you know, okay, well, okay, we'll work together, but I'm not Robin anymore. Yeah. And then the episode, uh, I think the most critically acclaimed episode on the show was chill in the night where Batman finds his parents killer and is nice. tempted, is tempted between killing him and sparing him but by the specter and the phantom stranger and it's really like it's heavy yeah yeah great series great series all right let's move to number three evan what's your number three number three for me is the spectacular spider-man that is my number three as well awesome wow yeah and that was the one from the 90s no 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 that's the one from what six years ago maybe seven yeah, something like that. It is. Uh, it was on what? Saturday morning on what network? It was actually was it on a WB? network. I think you're right. I think it was Kids WB. Okay. Yeah. 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 And uh, yep, that would be uh, lumped into uh, my uh, number five. Well, we're talking about here at number three. I <laughs> know. Yeah, All right, Ben. So, what are your thoughts on this show? I loved it. Uh, the storytelling was just it kind of was in a almost a real time kind of thing where yeah 
Um, you know, they were moving from season to season. Time was passing. Character relationships were ebbing and flowing. Um, and and then the villains, their 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 villainous plans were, you know, moving forward. And uh, you know, slowly as Spider-Man was gaining popularity and gaining um, notoriety, uh, the villains were having to shift their plans and. It just, uh, just the whole thing. It's one of, one of the best, um, I think, depictions of superheroes on on the screen. Yep. Not just, uh, not just uh, in cartoon. And, and honestly, if they were to do a live action Spider Man, that's the way I'd want them to do it. Yeah. Uh, it just. It, well, I mean, a live action Spider Man TV show that's done well. Oh, okay. Um, Got it. You know, I mean, yes, they did a live action TV show, but it wasn't this. <laughs> and the, I mean, it's so faithful to the source material. Um, I love the way the villains develop naturally. Yeah. None of, yeah. None of it feels forced. Uh, the, a lot of the villain development is reaction. Yeah. And, and they, there's so much setup. Like the guy who's going to become Rhino is a stooge for these other villains for like the first five, six episodes. And then eventually he, you've been seeing him this whole time and then he becomes this other villain. Yeah. And, and he's portrayed in a, a less, um, super powerful heroic way. And you just wonder how is he going to get out of this? You know, he's going to get out of it. You know, Spider-Man is going to come out on top, but how, right. You know, what is he going to do he has to figure it out, and and you're wondering, okay, how he's going to figure out how to how to do this, and um, the lizard stuff is emotional, yeah, and yeah, just the the whole series, and and then it just was canceled, for real, yeah, <laughs> for which show, Ben? Which show was it canceled for? I don't even know. Oh, that's right, Ultimate Spider Man. No, it wasn't canceled <laughs> for Ultimate Spider Man. Actually, it probably was. I think it was. Doesn't matter. Happy. <laughs> Ultimate Spider-Man has Coulson, and Spectacular Spider-Man was really just unceremoniously dumped. It, it was basically Disney coming in and saying, "We want to sell action figures." Yeah, yeah. we want to. We want to do our own stuff, and stuff. this is not part of our vision. This is something that was developed under a different regime, and it was taken away. Just, and just sad. Just, and even God. even though DVD releases have been, you know, sporadic, uh, just expensive, and it's just sad, 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 sad. Yeah. Steve, what's your number three? Oh wait, Evan, do you have anything more to say about Spectacular Spider-Man? Uh, just that it got some flack early on for the animation style because it was so different from what was normally done, but uh, it it holds up. It's great. Uh, I would also say it's just barely, well, I would say it's just barely my favorite Spider-Man series. The MTV CGI Spider-Man comes right behind it uh, with starring, what's his name, Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah, as I never liked that one. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought, I thought it was pretty good. All right. So, Steve, what's your number three? Did we do Evan's number three? It was Evans. Spectacular Spider-Man. Yeah. Oh, what? okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We just happened to have that for number three. For we both did. Wow. So, wow. so what's your number? Three? Uh, my number three, uh, X Men. 
Oh, okay. From the 90s. Right. X-Men from the 90s. So let's talk yeah. about X-Men from the 90s then. Evan, you have much history with that? I have a little history. All of it is bad blood. Okay. Uh, so, Steve, let's talk so about it. Let's you and I talk about it. When I started reading comic books, um, I caught on later than a lot of people. But uh, one of my friends had like a complete run from like X-Men 96 up until the current issue of, of X-Men. And, um, you know, giant size X-Men, that whole thing. And he let me read them. And it was sort of my introduction into what a serial storytelling, you know, and this, this new medium to me. I mean, it was, it was superheroes and I knew who superheroes were, but these were all new. I didn't know who the X-Men were. So it was just these all new superheroes and these stories and Phoenix and her rise. And then you have uh, Alpha Flight and the, you know, the love triangle of Wolverine and Jean Grey and Cyclops. And you had all this stuff happening. And then, bam, you know, X-Men 137 and everything changes. And you're like, well, what's going to happen? And then John Byrne leaves and it's a different even artist that's telling it. But. Chris Claremont is still writing it and he writes it for like 200 more issues. So you get to these, these issues where, you know, you don't exactly know who the artist is going to be, but it's still the same storytelling. And he still continues on this, this amazing stretch, this amazing run. We should do an episode just on Chris Claremont's run on X-Men. It's, it's just that epic. Um, and as I'm reading it, I'm seeing these things in my head and I'm seeing the move and I'm like, they should just do, a movie or a comic book or a TV series or something and just use this stuff instead of, you know, as good as the Superman movie was, it wasn't like it was based on, you know, some epic run of Superman comic books. It was based on the tropes and all the little ideas and stuff, but it, it didn't, you couldn't just read that part of it. And I wanted these to just be on a screen somewhere. And then X-Men came and it was like, they were taking these and, modifying them a little bit and it's not perfect no but it was those stories and they're taking them from the comic books and putting them in there and yes there's a whole lot of crossover and there's you know characters coming in way before they should and and stuff like that but as best as they could they were doing this and you had the the phoenix saga you know yeah on screen you know you and could watch it days of future and, uh, past you know, the, Days of Future Past was in there. Horribly done, actually. But <laughs> at least they did it. But it was there. It was. It was just, yeah, it was there. But you know, and, but they were taking the stuff from the comic books and using that instead of just making up new stories. And when the, the, the X-Men movies came out, especially the first one, and I was complaining to my wife, you know, this isn't like the X-Men movie. And she had to explain, you know what, it, this is just a different universe. It's think of it as a you know an alternate retelling or something like that and, and i it it sort of got me over the hump and got me to understand you know this is okay i can i can appreciate it for what it is but that actual x-men series it's as close as you could get to putting the comic book stories on the page yeah and there's still some epic runs of, of stuff that i would love to see done that way um, but I don't know if they're going to do that, of course. <laughs> it's not what they do nowadays. But when it came out, it was just like, here's the X-Men. I don't, I can watch 
an a, an issue, you know, of the X Men, and that was cool. All right, and you know, I I put it at number nine mainly because I didn't have quite the connection to it, right. and I do have one major beef with it, and that's that my X Men mm-hmm. weren't really portrayed very well on that show. My X Men being the serious? original five, you know. Right. You, you yeah. didn't get to see the original five as the original team. Um, mm-hmm. They there might have I think there might have been an episode where they showed a photograph or something. Right. And when they yeah. bring in Angel and he's Archangel, you know it's mm-hmm. it's like they reference the past, but it's just kind of the sad. Um, well, he's gone now. <laughs> he's someone else now. And um, yeah. but yeah, anyway, it's it's a a powerhouse of a show and and definitely. Uh, the X-Men comics and the X-Men movies owe a lot to the show and the popularity of the show and the mm. way it, it just captiv- captivated the audience, the, that kid audience that was watching it at the time. Oh, yeah. So, um, uh, so yeah. let's move to number twos then. Evan? You're number two? You talk about, I don't get to talk about X-Men? Well, no, because uh, you pretty much... <laughs> Said you hated it. I did not say that. You are. I said my memories were bad. You you have nothing but bad to say about it. So, well, well okay, all right, fine. What do you have to say about <laughs> X Men? All right, so it never appealed to me just because of the the art. So, okay, style, so what's your number two then? <laughs> okay, no. no. So here's my story, and I'm sticking to it. I was at my friend's house. I was a little kid. Okay, and X Men came on. And he wanted to watch it. So I'm like, okay, let's watch X-Men. So I asked his mom, friend's mom, do you know what comes on after X-Men? And it was Batman the Animated Series. And I was trying to get her to say, okay, it was Batman the Animated Series. And I was going to say, you know what comes on after Batman the Animated Series? It's Power Rangers, which is what I really wanted to watch. But she stopped me at Batman the Animated Series and said, oh, we don't watch that because Batman the Animated Series has real guns instead of laser guns like the x-men and yeah, so yeah. we couldn't watch past batman we couldn't watch batman we couldn't watch power rangers and that was the end of my relationship with x-men because they ruined my wow. my experience watching the shows i wanted to watch so. you just hold personal grudges against <laughs> tv shows like you realize wow. x-men didn't do anything here right yeah i i understand uh, okay that. all right all right <laughs> <laughs> my favorite X-Men show personally was uh, X-Men Evolution. But anyway, it's not on my list. We'll, uh... Which is kind of funny because like one of the major beefs I have with it is the whole evolution thing. <laughs> well, this, it was just in the title for me. And... No, that's that's a beef right. that Steve has with X-Men in general. I gotcha. I yeah. gotcha. Yeah. So, um, so they just lampshaded it for him. <laughs> uh, okay, so what's your number two then, Evan? Number two is Justice League Unlimited. Well, guess what my number two is. Well, Justice League Unlimited. Sort of. Can we can we skip uh, ahead a moment? Uh, let's talk to Steve. What's your number two, Steve? Yep. Mine is uh, uh, it's a combination of uh, the Batman animated series and Justice League Unlimited. And my number two is the DCU universe. Ah, there you go. It is Batman yeah. the animated series. It is Superman the animated series. It is Justice League, yep. Justice League Unlimited. It's all that stuff. Batman Beyond, Static Shock. Yep. Well, Batman Beyond, Static, uh, Static Shock, Shock, I never really watched too much. 
Um, it just, I never caught it, but I mean, basically I, I wrote Timbers, the, the Bruce, uh, Bruce Timbers. Okay. Ben, have you seen ba- Batman beyond return of the Joker? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Just, just check it. Cause Why? Man, what a good movie. Yeah. And yeah, so I, I realize I'm cheating a little bit here, except for one thing. And that is that they all are continuations. I mean, Batman yeah. from the Batman, the animated series is the same Batman who teams up with Superman in the world's finest special that they did, who is the same Superman from Superman, the animated series, who is the same Superman who is in the justice league with the Batman who is in the justice league who are in justice league unlimited. It's just a continuation. It is a universe. It is to me to separate them. You might want to do so a little bit, because you know Batman the animated series was groundbreaking and you know changed animated storytelling in some ways but it's still a part of that you know run of you know how many how many years was Bruce Timm's Batman Batman yeah you know? exactly so and that was the cool thing because it was it was loose but it had that tightness in the background in the in the core of it so it could be loose as long as they had that that tightness going for it, and that's what what's it kept it all together. I think. So Justice League for you, Evan. What's what makes it I'm number gonna, two for you? I'm going to wait then because, oh. <laughs> like some people, I, uh, I didn't cheat, and uh, my number one is akin to. Okay. All right. Well, let's. Oh, is that interesting? Let's wait. Uh, well, I guess. If we wait, it's just it's my turn. It's just next. Yeah. So it's yeah. right now. Okay. So. <laughs> Glad we waited. All right, number one for me is Superman, the animated series. All right, so what makes Justice League number two for you then? Well, Justice League Unlimited was number one, and Superman was my number five that I moved up to number one. Oh, okay. Um, and I did so because uh, I put Justice League Unlimited at number one in the first place because it's the ultimate iteration of where that Superman character was going who started out in Superman, the animated series. Um, it's, it's, it, he's, his character is more developed. He gets to go on more adventures with all uh, his friends from the justice league unlimited. But then I was thinking about it and just for this, the nostalgia factor alone, I have to put Superman, the animated series at number one. Uh, people ask me, uh, sometimes it comes up you know, if we go to like a, a marriage retreat or something, uh, will ask, you know, what's what's your favorite memory from your childhood? And unequivocally, my favorite memory from my childhood is staying up late to watch the series premiere of Superman the Animated Series with my dad uh, and playing <laughs> action figures while we did that in the living room, just the two of us. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. So, man, it's it's uh, it's it has to be my favorite, for sure. For other reasons, too, but mainly because of the because of that and it's a good version of superman oh yeah i love i mean the animation once again it's just great characterization amazing um i love that they have depowered superman in the timverse in general where he gets knocked around by 50 caliber machine gun fire Um, it doesn't like pierce his skin but it knocks him over and then he has to get up and stabilize himself, and then he can walk at it, you know. And it's not just like I'm going to shoot this in your eye, and it's going to bounce off, and you're not going to blink. 
I don't like that. There's nothing wrong with that. No, but, but I like my Superman having to struggle a little bit for his victories. Yeah. This is a great version of Superman. And if, if we were looking at, you know, top 10 characterizations of Superman, he'd be up there in the number one or two. Yeah. Well, no, he definitely wouldn't be the number one spot. That would be Christopher Reeve for nostalgic reasons. But uh, this is a yeah. Superman that I can get behind and say, that is what I think of when I think of Superman. Yes. From that cartoon. So, Steve, what's your what's your take here on the Timverse, the DC animated universe stuff? Well, like I said, I like just how it's cohesive. And it's it's not like it smacks you in the face with it. You know, it, it's just it has that underlying... Uh, you know, coolness to it. It just has that flow. Um, with the Superman stuff, I, I never uh, got into the Superman part of it until Justice League. Um, I understand it's good. I just haven't had a chance to to dig into it. Um, so that's my take on that. But uh, with uh, the Justice League. Unlimited. The reason that is elevated over the Justice League show for me is uh, they in all the Justice League episodes it was a it was a two parter, which I liked. But then with Justice League Unlimited, they it was all just a, a one part episode each. But they got into more linear storytelling. So, I mean, you get into get a good deal into the first season, and it's all connecting episode to episode. Whereas the Justice League show, you'd have your, your two-parter episode, but then it would pretty much have nothing to do with the next two-parter episode. So I liked the linear storytelling. And then they got into some mature storytelling because they, the, they moved the time slot back to late at night or later at night. And uh, they, they got into politics and some deeper themes and stuff with President Luther and, and Amanda Waller and all that stuff. And I, I really liked that. That was very good. One of my favorite things about the special features on DC animated movies is that usually the special feature includes four or five episodes of the the DC animated universe from Batman, oh, yes. Superman, yes. Justice League, Justice League Unlimited. And sometimes there's no connection that I can think of between the <laughs> characters and the storytelling that are in the movie that I bought. And the characters and the type of story that they're telling within the um, now with the Flashpoint one, they have a couple different you know, alternate universe story lines or whatever. But um, it's just it's it's just uh, a great cohesive whole, um, and and that's and I, I really appreciate that they they kept it and were consistent with it for such a long time. I also appreciate that they stepped away from it as well. Because yeah. you know you you gotta you gotta say goodbye sometime. Yeah, but um, I think the Justice League and Justice League Unlimited is probably the show I have geeked out to the most in my life. Um, I remember when Doomsday first appeared on the screen, and I I flipped because he never he's one, he was one of my favorite villains uh, from the comics when I was younger, and he had never ever been ever on a TV show or a movie or a video game or anything. And that was the first time was on justice league. Hmm. And I, I spazzed. It was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. All right. So number ones, then we did yours, Evan, Steve, have we done your number one? I don't think so. So what is it? 
What do you got for us? Hit us, man. Hit us with My your best shot. My number one is not what you would typically consider when it comes to people with you know powers and far and above you know other people or uh, the the heroic real aspect of it, but but these characters have these amazing abilities that no one else in their universe has, and they end up saving the day. They end up saving the universe. They end up saving lots of lots and lots and lots of different things oh, over and over and over. I know where you're going. And it's just <laughs> an amazing, amazing run. The it just ended uh, uh, earlier this year. Uh, Phineas and Ferb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I knew you were going to go there. And and they, I mean, they, they did a team up with the uh, the Marvel superheroes. They have a superhero outfit, the the beak that they that they use every once in a while. So you know, it has that crossover aspect to it. They have the ability to create these amazing, amazing things and then have them miraculously disappear. Um, you know, sometimes on their own, sometimes <laughs> with help from other things. Um, and you have the, the super spy aspect of, of, uh, Perry, of, yeah. of Perry the platypus. Um, so, you know, you have these just wonderful elements um, all put together. And it's there's just so many uh, references and so many um, catchphrases and so many things that they do and they use and they say and that they are. That I mean, in, in our household, anyway, you know, we're we're always, uh, you know, saying something that has to do with Phineas <laughs> and Ferb or something like that. So, um, well, and and we have that in my household because of you, Steve. Well, you're welcome. Yeah, uh, the we did an episode somewhere in time about uh, where is this generation Star Wars was a question that came up in the episode. And you mm-hmm. said, you suggested, well, I think this generation Star Wars is uh, a show like Phineas and Ferb, where it's capturing the imagination and inspiring kids to imagine. And because that's what, what I was asking about, you know, do we have a Star Wars that's inspiring kids to imagine, like the way Star Wars did for us? And yeah, and, and you gave it such high praise that I looked at it and then started watching it with the kids and they became hooked. Uh, now we're watching my four year old. Uh, start to <laughs> cycle through the episodes with us, and he's really enjoying it. And there was one episode mm-hmm. just a couple of days ago that we watched where he was just giggling so much, uh, <laughs> mostly because I think it was some uh, Buford and Belgique, you know, nerd <laughs> yeah. nerd bully stuff going on. Okay. But yeah. that show is it's so much fun, and, and I've I've I think I've told you my take on the show, right, Steve? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. where the show itself is actually about two arch enemies who've never met each other uh which <laughs> yeah. is um which is ferb and dr doofenshmirtz they're ferb is the arch enemy to well phineas and ferb i mean they, they i guess phineas maybe probably more more than ferb okay um but they are arch enemies they don't even know it you know yeah it, no i'm it's phineas it's phineas not ferb 
because you know they they create these inventions that end up canceling each other out you know and yeah. and so they are like locked in this battle that is connected by Perry you know he is the kind of the connecting point but yeah Dr. Doofenshmirtz and and Phineas are locked in combat that they don't even know that they're locked in but one is just doing things as a force for good and the other one is doing things as a force for evil and you know, it's just that's that's kind of uh, my my meta reading, I guess, of of the show. But overall, it just is a great, great, fun, fun show. I agree. And so I do have you to thank for that, Steve, for for first putting me on to that. So uh, that leaves my number one, which I think was your number four, or number five, Steve, which is Battle of the Planets uh, and Gatchaman. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha I did not know Gatchaman was part of Battle of the Planets. Gatchaman is Battle of the Planets. Gatchaman yeah, is I just the... saw it on Gatchaman Netflix. Is... I might have to watch it. Gatchaman is on Netflix? Yeah, Gatchaman oh, is... Oh, maybe the... it was Hulu. Uh, is it the live action movie but... or is it the, the TV show? No, it's the cartoon show. Huh. So it might, it might be on Hulu. Well, we Gatchaman is the original Gatchaman... Japanese version that was right. yeah, the... purchased by Sandy Frank to be re-edited and dubbed um, because of Star Wars, basically. <laughs> gotcha. Right, yeah. Uh, so they could, it, it was a space cartoon. Um, now, it wasn't based in space originally. They actually added in um, shots of the Phoenix going through space and into you know wormholes or whatever to, to travel to other planets to fight the bad guys. It's Earth-based in Gatchaman. But the the idea right. is it's teenage superhero spy ninjas, science ninjas, science ninja team. Yeah. 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 So. And just I mean, if you if you watch them side by side, Gatchaman and uh, uh, Battle of the Planets, you know, Battle of the Planets, they get under the ship, they cut a hole in the hull, and they jump down, and then they say, "You go that way, and I'll go that way, and we'll meet up here." And they go boom, boom, and then you watch the Gatchaman version, and they get onto the ship, and they cut a hole in the hull, and they jump down, and then they uh, pound the living daylights out of some of the, the 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 bad guys, and they're shooting people, and they're throwing stuff, and hitting people, and blood, and stuff like that, and the body falls here, and a body falls there, and then they say, "You go that way, and I'll go this way." No, they cut out the violence for the. It, it was the afternoon crowd that they were making this for. And so this is something I would come home from T from, from school and f- turn on the, the TV immediately to watch battle of the planets. And so they cut out so much stuff that they actually had to add in padding. And that's where you get sevens arc seven and this robot character who's back at the, at the base. And he would be kind of narrating things. And he would also be the, you know, before we cut to commercial, it looks like they're going to get hurt. Oh no. Well, don't worry. They'll be okay. We'll find out how after this. I mean, it's, it's not quite that yeah. bad, but almost. And yeah. this show, they'll have like an entire city destroyed, wiped out by these robots and everything. And seven Zark seven will say, luckily we evacuated everyone from the city <laughs> just in time. <laughs> yep. Like, Millions of people evacuated, you know, pretty quick. Like, yeah, they, yeah. They have a quick- and it just, it, it was, for me, you know, it's, it's the superhero stuff, the action stuff, the space stuff when I was a kid. 
Um, but it also uh, fed into just that, that, that again, that, that heroicness and, and that, you know, we want to save and help people and, and, you know, help kids and rescue, you know, uh, astronauts and all that stuff. I think there's an episode where they, in the Gachaman episode, the, the astronauts that they're trying to rescue end up dying. Yeah. And in the, the Battle of the Planets version, they finish the, the adventure and then Seven Dark Seven says, and the astronauts were okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? And it's yeah, just, uh, but what was interesting then is I watched Battle of the Planets as a kid. They started releasing them on DVD. And so I started rewatching them and then they released Gachamon on official DVD here in the States. And so I started watching that and it was a little more sophisticated and it's kind of, Oh, it's interesting. Uh, they also have done a, uh, the OVA, um, style where it's 45 minute episodes. They did three 45 minute updated Gachamon episodes, which was, um, okay. Uh, and then they did a live action movie of Gachamon just a few years ago. And that was fun to watch, uh, just as a, you know, here's my, my characters walking around living and breathing. Um, now the car, the comic stuff, I own all the battle of the planets comics that they did. Um, Oh, was that top cow? I think. Yeah, it was top cow. I hated it though. Like I bought it just because of nostalgia, but the stuff that they were trying to do, they were trying to update it so that, okay, we're going to take this cartoon that was focused towards eight year olds battle the planets and we're going to make it for them as 38 year olds. (laughs) And And they added in this unnecessary stuff where I was hoping I was going to be buying this comic series that I could give to my son, who was a baby at the time, I think. But, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, Keop, the, the basically the, the nine year old character or whatever, you know, he, he has a hidden right. porn collection. And it's just like, Ugh. no, come on. Yeah. You know, there's no reason oh, for yeah. that. There is no need for these kind of things to be, to be in here other than for, for, you know, laughs and shock value. Um, so yeah. I, I have that entire collection of every single Gachamon, I mean, not Gachamon, uh, every single Battle of the Planets comic that Top Cow did. And I'm just like, I have it just because I had it. <laughs> and I don't want yeah. it. I don't need it. And I don't even know what to do with it now because I'm not going to read them ever again, but they're not worth anything because nothing in my no. comic collection is worth anything. Uh. But yeah, so this, I mean, this heavily influenced me. Um, you can see influences of Gachamon battle of the planets in my science fiction, you know, work like time flies, the costume design for time flies has some, some, um, influence there. Um, the team, there's five of them. Yeah. The, the team setup, uh, is kind of inverted. It's, it's, uh, female heavy rather than male. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, the leader and the, the fighter and the strong guy, they're all females in time flies. And then the males are the, the science guy and the, you know, the, the weakling or whatever. And, um, but yeah, it, it, you can definitely see, you know, some of that influence in, in, in what I did. And actually there's a, a Venus flytrap that gains sentience in time flies and its name is Zark. It's spelled <laughs> X A R Q instead of Z A R K. But you know, there's, there's especially time flies, um, has has a heavy influence from from this show from my childhood. So if you take Battle of the Planets and mix in the live action time travel TV show The Voyagers, mix them together, what do you get? 
time flies. Battle of the Voyagers. <laughs> I mean, time, time flies. flies. Yeah. Nice. So that's what the show was to me. I mean, it was, uh, you come home, we played it on the playground. Um, I would come home and try and see this. I remember there was a two-part episode and I didn't get to see part two. And it oh. bothered me because the cliffhanger was horrifying. Uh, where Princess and I think Kiop with her were eaten by these huge, enormous flower things that enclosed on them. And you're just like, oh, no. And it's to be continued. And of course, Zark is going to tell me it's going to be OK. But I never got to see the resolution until they when they were doing those DVD releases, they were, they did it as like part of a convention grab bag of Gatchaman Battle of the Planet stuff. They did a mini disc. You know what I mean? Where it's it's a DVD disc, but it's like half sized and it only has those two episodes on it. So I was finally able to see the resolution of wow. that. But cool. Yeah. So that's that's Gatchaman and Battle of the Planets for me. I'll have to check it out. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, it is on Hulu. I, I I did look it up. It's okay. Hulu where you would have seen that um, there's there's 105 episodes. So that's the first series, because uh, that's the other thing is I'm very very curious about Gatchaman two, and I think there was a third series as well that they did. Um, but it's violent, and you know I, I believe there's an episode even where Mark, like punches Princess. And I, don't, I can't remember uh, the the Gatchaman Japanese names, but the uh, like Gatchaman is violent or Battle of the Planets is violent. Gachaman is violent. Gotcha. Gachaman is the is the the Japanese original, and Battle okay. of the Planets is the heavily edited for television in the seventies for after school, you know, elementary school kids. Right. <laughs> heavily edited. Yeah. But I've got and well. Uh, yeah, I've I've got I've got a bunch of the Battle of the Planets DVDs. I think I sold my Gachaman DVDs. And wow. then, yeah, I actually got a really nice, <laughs> a nice pretty penny for those. So. Yeah, Hulu also has Battle of the Planets. Does it? Yeah. Does it have, okay. Well, I, I need to look into that. Captain Harlock, Guy King. Wow. Hmm. I should check out the, this Hulu thing. Uh, I, have, I haven't subscribed Prince to that. Planet. Have you checked out Prince Planet? Isn't that like one of the earlier just, ones that was brought over to the States? It's just anime. It's just anime from like the early 60s. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I think, one of the early ones that were brought over to the States for, for you know, before Speed Racer, even probably. Yeah. Um, before Kimba. It's black and white. So it's difficult to watch. But if, you, if you're just sitting back and you want something to laugh at, yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap things up. Uh, I do want to ask Evan um, if you would like to tell us where we can find you online with your other podcast, the that Static Blade podcast. Sure. Tell us about it that. It is on Facebook.com slash Static Blade podcast where you can come listen to our nerdy conversations. Right now we're going through a series uh, much like Ben's comic book time machine podcast where we're going through the early 2000s um, Superman comics. So. Leave us a comment. All right. Check it out. If you like Strangers and Aliens, then Static Blade is right up your alley. So, yep. Yeah. 
What does that mean, static blade? What does that mean to you? Well, it's like there we go. First of all, it sounds really cool. Second of all, it's like there's a bunch of static out there in the world, and we're going to cut through it with the blade of the word of God. But then we're also going to turn the static into a blade so that you can use the stuff in pop culture to further your relationship with Christ and others and edify yourself. Nice. Yeah. So nicely mostly, right off the top of the head there. Yeah, mostly because it sounds cool, honestly. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, is, yeah. Is there anything we can we can take out of spiritually for uh this top ten exercises? Well for me, if you look at the ones that influenced me as a kid, you see a lot of that kind of defining what is a hero, you know, and, and taking that superhero and saying, okay, being a good person, being a, um, someone who looks out for other people, being someone who helps other people, um, which I think is one of the, the good things about superheroes is that they do when done in a certain way, um, encourage you to, to rise above human nature and to, you know, rise toward the, the Christ-like nature of self-sacrifice and, you know, working hard to help people who need help. That's my takeaway from would, the shows we're talking yeah. about here. I would agree as well. Like Superman, he's my number one guy because he, well, at least he used to, never compromise and he would always find a way and it would be the, it would be the, the right thing to do. Uh, he wouldn't compromise his beliefs. Kind of like a Daniel character or a uh, a Joseph character. He stuck to his right. guns, and he would he would do the right yep. thing. And then also, I love the metaphor about how like you know we we can't do anything without God's grace. Uh, it's too hard for us to do the right thing, but He gives us the Holy Spirit. Kind of like you know the Hulk or Billy Batson. They're just shrimpy little mm-hmm. people that can't do anything. But then when acted upon by that outside power, they're able to do things they never thought they. Or the thing who has the ring and says, thing ring, do your thing. And he becomes the thing. <laughs> the Holy right. Spirit is like the thing ring. Don't don't remember that. Yeah, you wouldn't remember that because it's something that didn't <laughs> no really get that. much life. Uh, it, it was a, a season, um, late 70s, I think, where it was just uh, the thing cartoon. And it was pretty awful. <laughs> Even as a kid, I knew Bangram this is had, stupid. He change into the thing world. It, Didn't he team up with the schmoo or something like that? Oh, I don't even. Shmoo. It was just stupid. Even as a kid, without even knowing who the Fantastic Four really was, I knew this show was stupid. <laughs> it was. It, he was teamed up with Fred and Barney. Like that was, like the oh, hour. Yeah. You know, because they would Fred they Flintstone would do blocks. Barney Rubble. Yeah, they they would do blocks yeah. of of programming it's like the godzilla hour when it's godzilla and some other hanna-barbera cartoon and this was like the the thing fred and barney hour where it's that's weird it was well it's both hanna-barbera godzilla hour or something it was just it was a stupid stupid show it was just dumb yeah all right (laughs) thing ring do your thing we should have a top 10 absolutely stupid show and just pull out some of those and just ridicule them the way they should be. Oh, it deserved. And then pull ridicule. out some spiritual applications. It <laughs> yeah. Well, the spiritual application is 
you know, Pharisees deserved ridicule. And anyone who would create a show like that deserves ridicule. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. So that's my takeaway. That's your takeaway, Evan. Steve, you got a takeaway? Uh, What you guys said, I'll I'll glom onto that. (laughs) I thought you had something because you brought up the question. I thought maybe you had an answer already, but okay. No, I'm I'm tired. I have to wake up at four thirty, so I'm just. <laughs> what are you doing talking about cartoons with us right now? We need to get off. Real. This. Yeah. Okay. Well, so. You guys rock. Well, I just need to say then, thank you everyone for listening, and thank you Evan for joining us, uh, for being our special guest. Thank you Steve. Yeah. For whittling down your list of seventeen to ten, <laughs> and thank you, you, who's listening right now, who's sitting there with earbuds in your ear holes and our voices our sweet melodious voices wafting into your brain and I I also want to say not just thank you but also Godspeed you've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast hosted by Ben Avery Steve MacDonald and Dr. Jace O'Neill our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel Please join in the conversation by visiting our website, strangersandaliens.com, where you will find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangers. Or you can leave us a voicemail on the Strangers and Aliens hotline. Just call 1-804-37-ALIEN and leave your message. And once again, thanks for listening.